everybody, and welcome to another episode of the Anthony K. Goodwin Pop Podcast. Today, I am so excited. This is episode number six, and we are talking our top five favorite films of all time, not Disney. Clarifying at the end of it, if you're like, wow, I can't believe there wasn't a single Disney movie on there, that is exactly why, because we are completely avoiding that category. Um, but that's not to say that maybe we didn't pick people that are featured in Disney films, but who cares? That's neither here nor there. But who is here and who is not over there but is here is Jonathan Rios. Jonathan Rios, hello, sir. Hello, sir. Hey, how you doing? I am well, thank you. Would you uh, help? You know what? Real quick, I'll say how I know you, and then you say who you are. And if you leave anything out, I'm going to fix that. Um so I know Jonathan Rios from, whoa, back in the day, uh, like right when I was becoming a Christian, we went to Velvet Creamery. Him and a few other people were there, and so I met him that night, and that was in 2008. Uh, and then we went on. Good, That's a good memory. Dude, I remember when I got saved. That's how I got that, that saved in my head. Um, so we, we met then and then we kind of disconnected. We're going to different churches and then we reunited in like 2010, 2011. And, uh, he was always super good at videos, super smart, um, super sharp. And it was really inspiring. And that was around the time that I, did some video, but I was really clueless, and he would just make something super legit, super fast. In fact, he made this one video of mine called uh, Planking, and I'll link, I'll link that uh, for you to enjoy. He like put that together all in like a short, I don't know, 45 minutes, and I was like, that was the most legit thing ever. Um, we were roommates at that time, and okay, now you go. Uh, yes, yeah, I guess same same story. Uh, <laughs> I've known Anthony for a while now, and um, yeah, we connected at, at uh, Shelter Cove, and then and then at another church, and uh, yeah, I mean, I've basically I've always done videos and movies and for as long as i'd known uh used to work for a a production small production company in modesto then i uh worked at a a church uh doing a lot of the different videos over there yeah and then about uh actually five years ago now i moved to boise idaho uh, to work over here at bodybuilding.com where I'm uh, a video editor over here, senior lead video editor at bodybuilding.com. And, and yeah, it's been, it's been fun. And it's, so it's always exciting to get to hang out with, with Anthony. I still remember the days at the, at the house. <laughs> <laughs> Those were some, some fun, fun times. And, and also just a lot of, I just I always just remember laughing a lot or we were yeah. always like creating coming up with ideas yeah. like hey wouldn't it be cool if we did this whether it be something you know serious for for ministry or something fun that we would do it was always 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 a good time to hang out and and just create together I think I remember one time in the days of vine we made like a shopping with Anthony and Jonathan and it was like Oreos milk done <laughs> <laughs> yeah. We, we were on to something there. Whew, oh, yeah, good times. All right, enough about us. Thank you again, sir, for being here. You've already Excited. brought so much joy before 9 a.m. on a Saturday in my life. Um, so let's start at the, the bottom. Um, we've each compiled a list of five movies uh, that have stuck with us. Um, I assume they would be ones that were like, you know what I should watch? And we would put one of these ones on and just enjoy it. Although we've seen it a number of times, although we might have seen it a number of times in theaters, possibly, um, it's still something that sticks and could be for a number of different reasons. So we're going to talk about those. Jonathan, I give you the honor. Let's go with you in sharing um, your honorable mentions. And then number five. Yeah, I just want to start off by saying that this list was so hard to make (laughs) because... 
I mean, I could have easily done, uh, you know, I, I'm, I'm such a movie fan. I love all movies and I'm constantly watching movies that whenever, whenever anybody ever asks me, Hey, what's your favorite movie of all time? I kind of, I kind you, of cringe. Yeah. You combust. Like, yeah. Oh yeah. I just, I, <laughs> I freak out. Cause I'm like, I start, I start putting things into categories. Like mm. I'm, I'm like, well, is it my top five Steven Spielberg movies? Is it my top five like sci-fi movies? Or I've got a, co- a comedy column. So, so when compiling this list, I tried to just kind of, you know, pick a little, little bit of column A, a little bit of column B. Yeah. You know, hope, hopefully there's some movies here that maybe someone hasn't heard of. Um, Ooh, yeah. There's some maybe there's some movies that people have heard of or maybe have just never seen. Um, but yeah, it was really complicated. It was especially hard because I'm such a Spielberg fan mm. that it was hard to not make just a straight up Spielberg list. But I figured, oh, that, that'd be kind of boring. Boring. So I hope I hope there's some some good mixtures. But yeah, I'll I'll go through my uh, my honorable mentions real fast here. Um, the first one that I have in my in my list for honorable mentions. Is a movie from 1963 called "It's a Mad, 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 Mad World." Um, it's a. Uh, I don't know if we ever saw that. If I ever showed you that when we lived together or not. Nope, I'm writing it down right now. It's uh. It's basically a movie um, that later on down the road. Uh, I don't know if you if you remember the movie Rat Race, where yeah. all these people yeah. basically going after a bunch of money. Rat Race is the remake of this 1963 mm. film. Okay. Yeah. It, it's a uh, and and at the time that it was made, it literally had like the biggest actors in Hollywood, and it was also filled with with different cameos from people from different uh, uh, legacies and and kind of film history, from people yeah. from the silent film era to even. Uh, the three stooges make an appearance at one point and it's just kind of this like outrageous comedy uh the next one on my list is alfred hitchcock's the birds another old one from 1963 yeah uh it's just it's such a classic uh horror film and Mm -hmm. i remember when i I saw it for the first time in high school and you know even you know 30 40 years later it still scared me i remember just walking down the street (laughs) and anytime i saw birds i was like it kind of like put me on edge. Oh, um, man. And then this is kind of a cheat because I know you said no Disney, <gasps> but but I did want to put one in here just because I feel like it's it's a little under uh, underappreciated and it's a movie mm. that nobody really talks about that much when it comes to great Disney movies. The rookie. Me, <laughs> that's that's a no. good one. That is a, that is a good one. But it's not R- that wrong one. Um, yeah. Uh, it's actually uh, Disney and Pixar's A Bug's Life. Dude. That, that movie, it's so good. I feel like when people think of Pixar, they always think of Toy Story or, yeah. or Cars or, or Finding Nemo. Yeah. But A Bug's Life, it's it's so quotable, so funny, so imaginative, so great. Um, and then I'll just get through these the last ones real fast. I've got Misery, which is yeah. a 1990 film, mm-hmm. uh, a horror film uh, directed by Rob Reiner. Uh, yeah. it's it's a mixture of both like it's it's a really funny movie but it's also mm. really terrifying and really yeah. scary yeah and it has a neat neat uh balance uh also hot fuzz which is a movie <laughs> yes from 2007 yeah yeah it's it's kind of a it kind of makes fun of buddy cop movies while at the same yeah. time really embracing it and just going full bore on it yeah, and then last but not least, in my honorable mentions, I want to bring up "Catch Me If You Can," uh, mm. which is a 2002 Spielberg movie. Yeah. Um, it's with Tom Hanks, Leonardo DiCaprio, based on a true story, yeah. and it is just a, a really great father-son film. Mm. Uh, yeah. And I'll get, I'll get, I'll dive deeper into this when we get into my list. But one of my favorite things about Spielberg is that he's always kind of genre blending a little bit. And yeah. Catch Me If You Can is is kind of a little bit of a heist movie, but it's also kind of a, a really really funny. But there's a lot of dramatic beats in it, and and yet it never feels like it's you know going against itself. And so mm. it's a really uh, remarkable film that is is always a fun fun watch for me. Yeah, 
Love it. That, those were great honorable mentions. You are a very eclectic person, and that's exactly why you're here. <laughs> oh, man. Now in, it, into the list. What's your number five? All right, so for my number five pick, uh, I really went back and forth on this, uh, but I ended up choosing for my number five, <laughs> Thor Ragnarok. <laughs> <laughs> So, okay, Jonathan, you don't understand. That's Disney. It's Marvel. It's okay. Marvel. Okay. So it's not entirely. It's not entirely Disney. Okay, approved. But the the reason why I chose Thor Ragnarok, uh, directed by Taika Waititi, yes, is that it is. It's it's such a fun and imaginative uh, movie. Yeah. Uh, to to be honest, I I didn't like the first Thor. <laughs> I didn't care yeah. for it at all, yeah. and I and I really didn't like uh, the second one, Thor: The Dark World. Yeah, Thor in general was probably my least favorite MCU character, mm-hmm. um, and there just wasn't a lot. Uh, there wasn't a I don't know. There just something about it. I just I just didn't care. <laughs> yeah, but for then sure. when I saw Thor Ragnarok, it you know first of all. Obviously, everyone always talks about how funny it is, and it mm-hmm. is a very funny movie. It's it's so great, yeah. but it it kind of reminded me of watching uh, like Saturday morning cartoons, hmm. and and just that experience of like, hey, you know what? This is this is ridiculous. This is yeah. silly, but we're just going to embrace it. And it's yeah. it's a lot of fun. The the characters are really rich. Kate yeah. um, Blanchett. Uh, is is amazing. Tessa Thompson, yeah. Jeff Goldblum, like yeah. just across the board. There's some some really great characters, and it also, you know, it has a lot to do with with family and, yeah. and friendships. There's Thor's relationship with the Hulk and and Valkyrie. There's also the his relationship with his brother Loki, and how they. I <laughs> see so you got. Oh, nice. Oh, Korg. He's uh, he's so great. And Meek. Korg's my favorite. Yeah, Korg and Meek. Like there it's there's just so much in there and you know, it does have it does have a darkness to it because at mm. the end of the movie it's basically about Armageddon. Yeah. But it kind of talks about how, you know, home is wherever your family is and, yeah. and wherever uh wherever friendships lie. And yeah. sometimes, you know, you might lose family, but you'll gain other friends or, or relationships through other means. And yeah. so it's it's just a it you know, I saw it a couple times in theaters and, yes. and I've watched it a few times ever since. And yeah. you know, it's just it's just a fun movie and it's one of those movies where, you know, a lot of people tend to look down at superhero movies in general. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but then a lot, but I don't know, for me, you can still find, uh, when, when a superhero movie or any genre movie for that matter is done well, it, it just washes over you with the characters and the story. Yeah. And for me at the end of the day, a, a good movie is a good movie. Um, whether it's taking place in outer space, um, or yeah. whether it's something that's grounded in reality. Yeah. So or so, yeah, animated yeah or animated exactly like Thor Ragnarok is just one of those movies it's it's out of all the movies on my list it's mm-hmm. the most recent film all right uh, so that was one thing that kind of set it apart is yeah is I don't know what that necessarily says about my taste of movies but yeah out of out of the movies that I've seen recently yeah uh nothing's kind of uh, impacted or, or excited me more about just watching a movie than, yeah. than Thor Ragnarok. And that's one too that like you get really excited to share with people because you know like how it kind of knocked you off your horse in your expectations and so you you were really excited to be like you need to see this one it's, it's not like the other two uh, and I think the line in it was like Asgard isn't a place it's a people and so like that's that that message in there okay well great very good sir your number five is your newest also my number five is also the newest uh of the movies that i have on my list and my number five is 
Interstellar from 2014 with Christopher Nolan uh, as the director. It has Matthew McConaughey, good old McConaughey, Anne Hathaway, Jessica Chastain, and Jonathan Lithgow, number of other people in it. Um, the reason I put this one on my list is because it made me feel some feels, man. So oh, yeah. five years ago is when I would have seen it. I know I at least saw it in theaters one time. Um, it, it also made me feel like I could comprehend time and space just a <laughs> little bit. <laughs> like the way they communicated everything i was like whoa i'm in the fifth dimension right now what's going on <laughs> like somehow they were able to like package that in such a way that i didn't feel like it was too too much intellect involved to understand the concept of what was happening yeah you uh, kind of feel smarter when you, yeah. you leave the theater <laughs> yeah. you're like i don't know what i saw but i know i can talk about it <laughs> yes it, it it had that magic to it and also like when he's uh when he gets off that one planet the like full of water one and he returns and it's been 40 years or whatever uh and he, he sees the videos of his kids like growing up and he's just like crying and reaching out and i don't even think there's like any audio of him maybe it's audio of the kids or it might just be music there i don't remember but it was like something really epic and like you just like felt it i wasn't a dad then i wasn't married then so like you know I bet if I went back and watched it today, it'd be like a, you know, a, a worse thing. Yeah. I feel like you did it this time. Um, but that was a, a really, really good movie. Uh, I don't watch it enough. And to be honest, I don't even know if I own it right now. So I need to get on that. No, I, I actually love Interstellar. It, it was at one point on my list uh, for, for movies. Yeah. Um, it, I remember I got to see uh, opening night in IMAX and seeing it on the big screen wow. like that, like no one does IMAX quite like Christopher Nolan. Um, his uh, DP, I think it's Hoyt Vent, Vent Homa or something, something along those lines. Um, like just the, the scale that they brought to it yeah. and, and how they kind of pieced it, pieced it together. Um, and, and yeah, just the, the relationships and, it was it was one of those movies where it's it is a big blockbuster movie by every sense of the word yeah. but it is also very deep very emotional and it really challenges the audience to kind of think of certain things yeah and what i like like some of my favorite movies um as we'll find out is that is movies that basically uh put ordinary people in mm. these extreme situations yeah and it really makes you question like what would you do in that yeah. scenario or how would that make you feel yeah. and yeah the moment when he comes back and he finds out that so many years have passed by that that is heart-wrenching because it's mm -hmm. you know he thought he'd be he'd be back you know in, a, in a, maybe a few months yeah to to have missed so much of his of his uh children's lives yeah to not be able to say goodbye to uh his his father-in-law mm -hmm. um all the things that he missed while doing this one thing it it is heartbreaking to think that it kind of reminds you that life passes by so fast yeah and to kind of embrace those moments so yeah that's a that's a that's a great great choice thanks your turn numero quattro all right well Sticking with the Christopher Nolan theme here. Yes, yes. Uh, I chose uh, Inception. Dang it! <laughs> All right. Is it on your list too? Yes. Okay. So the reason the reason why I chose Inception is uh, one, it's it's one of those movies that not before or since have I seen a movie that is so complex, so visually stunning mm -hmm. and just like the more times you watch that movie, I feel like I get something new every single time. Yeah. It is the, it is the only movie I've ever seen in theaters four times. Yeah. Um, I just remember like I went with, my dad and my brother and i just loved it 
and then I went with some, with some friends, and I think I went with my brother again because we checked <laughs> it out. Yeah. And then like a month or two passed by, and some other people wanted to go see it, so I was like, I'll go with you. Yeah. <laughs> Check it out again. Yeah. Um, Leonardo DiCaprio, Ken Watanabe, Killian Murphy, Tom Hardy, mm-hmm. like the cast is just phenomenal. Joseph Gordon-Levitt, Ellen Page. Mm-hmm. Marion Cotillard, Michael Caine, so so yeah. many great great actors in this movie. Um, yeah. It's it's also it's interesting because one look kind of looking back at it, it's actually a really simple story. It's basically some people that need to break into some guy's mind. The end. I mean, <laughs> it sounds so abstract, but really, I mean, that's that's all there is to it. Yeah. Um, one thing that is is kind of interesting, and, and it kind of adds to. Um, you know the complexity of the ending because yeah. you know it came out in 2010 yeah and people still argue about the the ending of that movie yeah and i think one of the interesting things that kind of adds to that is that besides leonardo dicaprio's character of Cobb, mm. you don't really know anything about the other characters yeah. like you know ellen page's character she she's a student but other than yeah. that that's about it Arthur, he's he worked with Cobb, but you don't you don't really know his backstory. You don't know Tom Hardy's backstory. Yeah, you don't really dive deep. The movie's very much focused on Cobb and his his story. Yeah. Um, and I mean, from a filmmaking standpoint, um, you know, it's it's just marvelous. You know, everybody talks about all the different scenes, but mm-hmm. as as a, as a video editor, and whenever people kind of ask me like what is film editing or what what does an editor do i actually often point to inception Mm. because the back half of the movie is literally one long action sequence and within that action sequence you have like the the four or five dreams that are taking place so you have multiple you have the same characters in Mm -hmm. multiple scenes Yet at the same time, you never feel lost. Yeah. You never feel like you're questioning, like when they're cutting back and forth from scene yeah. to scene. You're never like, what are they doing? What What's that person doing? Yeah. And and it's also just building up tension for like the back hour of the movie. Like yeah. the tension is just building yeah. to like a heart pounding, you know, crescendo at, at the end. Yeah. And so, yeah, it's one of those movies that is just just brilliant across the board too good well you you did great so uh when i when i do get to that one i'll be like just rewind and 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 listen to how we talked about it earlier um (laughs) that one i think i saw three times in theaters for sure too because like the ending i was like what what did happen and like had to go and like watch it again and i was like (laughs) <laughs> I still don't know. Okay, my number four. Um, some would think this is a Disney, but it's not. So it counts. Um, it is Hook by Steven Spielberg. Came out in 1991. Adventure comedy family starring Dustin Hoffman, Robin Williams, and Julia Roberts. It is a great one. It's chocked full of childhood, uh, so much fun memories tied to it, and then it's even more fun, um, you know, to now be like 30 years old or whatever, and to have read the actual Peter Pan book and know a little bit more, like, of the history of the Peter Pan story and all that stuff, and, like, see it through that different lens. So, like, the idea that Peter Pan leaves Neverland and then grows up, has a family, and forgets everything. And then him being brought back to remember all that is really, really cool. Really, really neat. Um, Bangerang, Rufio, first time you ever see him. He's quite an awesome character. Um, yeah, I, th- I mean, I didn't see it in theaters because I wasn't really alive. I was two years old. Um, but I just remember like being dressed up as Peter Pan, watching that movie. And I think my mom was like, you need to learn to tie your shoes. She doesn't talk like that, but she was like, you, <laughs> you need to learn to tie your shoes. I was like, I don't want to. And like that was on. And then I like tied my shoes and I could go out and play <laughs> something weird like that. Um, but that is definitely one that I do own. And it's just great. Run home, Jack family, 
you know, more family. And kind of a little bit, like you were saying, a lot of your movies are like kind of average everyday people being put into extraordinary positions. And that's a little bit of him. Although like in internally, he had a very much uh, extraordinary self. He would just saw himself as, I'm a lawyer, you know? And then like had to step out of that um, personality that he had owned for so long to realize, no, you are the pan. Exactly. That food fight scene is like one of my favorites. Oh yeah, the food, yeah, the food fight always. That food looks so delicious. It does. It does. <laughs> it just looks like a bunch of icing. It looks like icing, like exactly. cupcake icing. I've always wanted to sit at that table and 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 eat eat with the Lost Boys. Yeah. But the other thing for me is so my first memory of that movie Hook is that it scared the living daylights out of me <laughs> when they when uh hook kidnaps the children yeah the, the bed sheets like go up and there's like that really eerie green light yeah i just remember being little and just being like what is going on <laughs> like what's happening <laughs> um but then gr- as i as i've grown up i've come to really appreciate that movie and it is it is insanely funny yeah um, a lot of people in terms of comedies you know you see a lot of comedies nowadays and it's usually like, you know, physical comedies, people just like falling over stuff, you know, teeth knocked out. Yeah. Yeah. But there's a, there's a humor in the dialogue and, and Dustin Hoffman's performance as hook is Mm. just, uh, is, is just marvelous. Bob Hoskins as Smee, their, their chemistry together. One of my favorite scenes has always been, uh, when they're when they're teaching the class together yes and, and he's like why parents hate and underlines hates their children and it's i think it's especially as you as you grow up you you've learned to really appreciate that scene yeah and there's you know and and i know parents don't hate their children yeah i, mean, I would hope not but there is a, a level of honesty and truth to some of the stuff that he's saying yeah. that makes it feel kind of like, oh, that's harsh, but it's also very true. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, it's such a it's such a great, great movie. And yeah, I'm, I'm glad you chose that one. Hey, thank you. Off to you, sir. All right. So uh, for my next film here, it's another movie from 2010. Uh, and it is David Fincher's The Social Network. Oh, um, dude, yeah. That that movie starring uh, Jesse Eisenberg, Andrew Garfield, and Army Hammer. Um, yeah. You know, you know. Now that some time has passed, the the film's been a little bit attacked because it's not necessarily one hundred percent truthful and accurate mm-hmm. in regards to all the events in in Mark Zuckerberg's life. Yeah. But it's it's such a relevant movie in terms of of nowadays and mm-hmm. and what what uh, what relationships are like because so much of the of the world um, so much of our relationships take place online even yeah. even businesses um, and even churches and organizations so much. Uh, involves facebook facebook has become this thing that um you know honestly i i i've chose to rarely go on it over the past few years um i've I've decided to distance myself from facebook but you know i know especially for people like like my mom facebook is this is the only way a lot of people communicate with one another and it's interesting how, how um you know in in the journey of creating the social media platform that literally changed the world to connect people, uh, Mark Zuckerberg found himself more and more disconnected from the people in his life. Um, and you know, he burned a lot of bridges to get where he was at. And, you know, there's so many, there's so many ways to to Mm. kind of look at the movie and and so many ways to look at it from, from different people's perspectives. Yeah. But it is interesting to see that um, as Facebook started to grow, his relationships just started to 
unravel. Um, yeah. And it start and and that's even how the movie starts is the opening scene in the bar um, with him and his girlfriend, and and they're kind of talking back and forth over one another and you know there's some great dialogue the movie's written by aaron sorkin who who's just known for his super fast witty dialogue mm. and the conversation is very broken up um but then everything you need to know about that character uh is told in those first few minutes to where you know he wants to be accepted he wants to be connected but he's also very awkward with people in general um, and it kind of sets the tone for the rest of the movie. Yeah. And I, I'm a sucker for good, true stories, um, as accurate or not as this one may be. It, it is always fascinating to just kind of look back and, and see the progression. It's it's um, it's interesting to to see certain scenes, like when he when he thinks of like the whole relationship status, you know, how to put that on the on the page, and yeah. and seeing those elements that we know that are just a part of everyday life, seeing how that got created is very, yeah. very fascinating. Um, but then I also really, uh, one of the things that I kind of brought up as one of my favorite points is actually at the end of the movie, um, he's just kind of by himself at the computer. The movie started where he was in like this really busy uh, mm. bar with, and, and having a conversation with his girlfriend to at the end of the movie, it's just him by himself on a computer. Yeah. And I don't know necessarily if that was intentional, but I was like, oh, wow. Um, that's kind of, you know, even for our generation, I remember growing up and going to friends' houses or calling them on the phone or, or having these like get togethers on the weekends. And now so much is done like by yourself, you know? Yeah and and rarely do people people connect so i think i just really like that that movie i, I thought it just uh it says a lot but it, it's also really well crafted it's another movie where you know for the most part it's wall-to-wall -wall dialogue you know there's not yeah. necessarily an action sequence of any kind yeah and yet it it even though it's a two-hour movie it feels like it's an hour long because it's just so fast and, and, and so engaging yeah. and, and such a great watch. And it's, it's always good to kind of go back to that every, every once in a while and check it out. Yeah. That is a really good one. Good soundtrack too. Yeah. Um, that's what you used in that planker video was that, that <laughs> a song from that soundtrack. Uh, and you forgot Justin Timberlake was in it, but we're going to yeah. move on. Um, I remember he gets punched in the face by Andrew Garfield, right? uh yeah i think so that's that's the most action-packed scene in there mm -hmm. <laughs> um well that was a good one sir i i appreciate all of the um things that you highlighted in that uh, it makes me appreciate it that much more now uh number three wait is it my turn yeah i'm number three how did i end up doing no whatever okay number three I was a little bit hesitant to add this one to my list because I thought, oh, no, are people not going to think I'm a Christian anymore? Um, but <laughs> it's a really good one. I can't help but to like it. It's The Departed. Oh, that's a beautiful movie. Dude. That's amazing. So I, good. I don't remember how I watched it for the first time. It doesn't matter. It came out in 2006, so, like, I didn't I didn't know Christ yet. I didn't care about being holy. I was like <laughs> it was a super super good movie. It's long. It's two and a half hours. It's Martin Scorsese. It has Leonardo DiCaprio, Mark Wahlberg, uh who else here? Matt Damon, Jack Nicholson, Martin Sheen. It just like it I loved so going in like not knowing anything and not even really knowing much about um Martin Scorsese yet either. Like I just went in and enjoyed it from seeing um Leonardo DiCaprio's character where like he's the black sheep like he's supposed to be the bad guy and then he goes in the academy and then they say nah you didn't make it hey we want you to make it and you're gonna work undercover for us he's like really conflicted to do that and you have Matt Damon the golden child the the perfect guy and but he's been in the pocket the whole time and then they allow him in, so then he's actually the informant, but then everyone thinks that it's Leo, and then it's just like, ah, oh. both sides of those 
throughout the whole movie uh, are so good. The tension of Leonardo DiCaprio, like, trying not to just revert to who he was, you know, as a child growing up, rough around the edges. I just really, really enjoyed the movie. I remember at the time it had, I think, the most F words in it, but now it it doesn't hold that anymore um yeah it's a lot it is a lot so if if you haven't seen it yet and you're not comfortable hearing other people use curse language you don't want to watch this or find like some bleeped version i'm sure that exists somewhere um but yeah that one like just the emotional roller coaster that it takes you on is crazy Mm -hmm. yeah no i i really really love that movie i remember uh seeing it uh back when I was in a film class Mm. and uh, it was a film appreciation class where uh, we would go to the movie theater. It was Brendan theaters down in downtown Modesto. Dude, I took that at MJC. Yeah. MJC. I took that class too, but we went to galaxy. Oh really? Yeah. Oh, nice. Yeah. We went to, uh, it it was downtown uh, Modesto yeah and uh we would we would go ahead and it would be uh yeah different classes different movies every every uh friday and friday morning yeah friday mornings and this one was the departed and um it i remember the whole the whole time the whole the whole class just freaked out especially towards the end and up until that point i don't think i ever saw a movie that intense and that uh that graphic as well Mm -hmm. um so many twists and turns and it's not it's not really a happy movie i mean it kind of ends on a on a high note uh Mm -hmm. with mark Wahlberg's character at the end yeah but you're kind of left feeling depressed (laughs) and 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 sad and it's um yeah, it's it's a roller coaster of a ride. It was my first introduction to Martin Scorsese. Who mm. I've, it was one of those movies where once I saw it, I was like, "Who's this director?" And I started going back and watching everything he's made. Yeah. Um, and uh, yeah, it was it's such a phenomenal movie. The performances are great. So mm. many twists and turns. You usually you kind of know where those movies are headed, and you can kind of like, "Oh, well, the bad guy's yeah. gonna get caught." But no, it just it just keeps it keeps upping the ante every single every single scene just starts building off the laugh. Yeah, it's super great. The scene I have to say, minor. I guess it's a spoiler. Are we allowed to talk spoilers? Uh, this is a spoiler. Yeah, now you can. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, cool. The scene when Martin Sheen's character gets thrown off the roof, dude. Just that that wrecked me i like i was i was beyond shocked because he was he was it was at that moment where he was going to get leonardo DiCaprio's character out like he was the only one who knew that he was undercover everything was going to be good again and and you know some some wrongs were going to be made right and then he's killed and then you're like now what yeah what's gonna happen it yeah, such a such a great movie, and it did go on to to earn Martin Scorsese his first uh, Best Picture Oscar. That's awesome. For that I, didn't, I didn't know that. Yeah. Few of mine have Leo, cause man, just Leo. I know. Yeah, looking at my list too, it's like there's a lot of Leo, but he's he's in a lot of good movies. Yeah. All right, your turn. All right, uh, my next film is. Uh, from director Denny Villeneuve, um, and it's his 2015 uh, drug war drama, Sicario. Uh, this was a movie that kind of came out of nowhere. It's, I, I don't want to call it a cult classic, but it is a movie that I feel like not a lot of people have, have seen or even, even heard of. Mm-hmm. Um, but it, it is a movie that it has stuck with me ever since I saw it in theaters. Um, just a quick synopsis is basically it's starring Emily Blunt, uh, mm-hmm. Benicio del Toro, Josh Brolin, and Daniel Kaluuya. And Emily Blunt uh, is basically this uh, FBI agent 
who then just get kind of gets dragged in by Josh Brolin's character to kind of help infiltrate uh, uh, the drug war and to try to you know stop a cartel. Yeah. And one of the things that's interesting about it is right from the very beginning, this the movie, the soundtrack, the sound design has this tension to it that you just always feel like something someone's about to get shot <laughs> like the entire <laughs> time you're like something bad's about to happen yeah uh, and you feel that the entire movie yeah um the, from the opening sequence where it's like this it's, it's a drug raid and then they end up finding like dead bodies in the wall and mm. then there's like an explosion outside and and so you're you're immediately um you know, your sense of security is immediately just destroyed right off the be- right off the bat. Yeah. And so, um, and there's amazing, uh, just amazing performances by by the entire cast. Um, Denis Villeneuve, uh, I believe he's a, a French filmmaker. He also made uh, Prisoners, Arrival, and most recently uh, Blade Runner twenty forty nine. He he has a way of like his movies, the, all of his movies have like this slow burn feel to them. Mm. You know, they're usually very quiet. You know, it's not fast editing. There might be action sequences in it, but mm. it it's not like your typical action. Yeah. And uh, in Sicario, he has this one scene that takes place on uh, basically at uh, the border where uh, some 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 members of this cartel are trying to get across the border and they kind of get swarmed by the FBI agents. And there's just this sense of tension and dread that is in that scene. And eventually it, it turns into violence. And I think because the movie is so quiet and so still that when there are those moments of violence, it, it just feels maybe more violent than, mm. than it, than it is because it just hits you hard. Yeah, and I and um and it kind of goes to the point of the movie, and, and one of the things I appreciate appreciate about it the most is that oftentimes movies and directors, whenever they want to give like a political message or, or statement, especially nowadays, you know, Mexico's in the news a lot. Yeah. Um, filmmakers often try to put their perspective on things and try to answer stuff sometimes like here's the answer or these people are these people are bad these people are good um and one of the great things about sicario is that it shows that everybody's affected by the violence in the drug war um Mm. fbi agents are affected uh american civilians are affected mexican civilians are affected and and even the cartels themselves they're you know, grief comes to all parties and it doesn't give an easy answer. You yeah. don't, at the end of the movie, you don't know who the bad guys are. You don't know mm. who the good guys are. Yeah. Um, it's not, it's not necessarily saying that cartels are, are, are good people, but yeah. in the end, you're not really sure which side you fall on or, or I guess what the answer to the solution is. Um, yeah. A lot of people feel like they have a clear solution to to what the problems are, mm. whether it be certain laws or 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 certain walls, so to say. Yeah, it's it's never it's never cut and dry, and it's never that simple. Yeah. And that's the thing that I appreciate the most about Sicario is that um, it doesn't try to be preachy. It doesn't try to answer the questions. It, if anything, it's asking the questions and putting them mm. out there and yeah. letting the audience kind of answer it, which I re- which I really appreciate. That's cool. I've only seen it one time, and I think I was like homesick, and I was like, oh, I need to watch this. So I need to go back and revisit that one. There's a second one coming out, right? There was a second one that came out this past summer. I haven't seen that one yet. I heard I heard a lot of mixed things, so I wasn't sure if I wanted to, to, to check it out, but... Mm. Um, but yeah, Sicario. Definitely check out Sicario. It it it's it's a it's very it's very unique and kind of kind of different film. Yeah, 
another one that makes me think of that like tension where you think anyone's gonna die right now is uh no country for old men and yeah i, I don't know if those two have any association in their director writer or whatever but like that one it, it was like kind of slow kind of quiet but you always felt like someone's about to lose their life well there um, is a there is a connection in the sense that they both starred josh brolin he's in both right. of those movies yeah. and and they're actually both shot by the same uh cinematographer roger deakins who's really mm. good at um like western mm. you know he, he's done a lot of movies with like the coen brothers yeah. and he's done a lot of stuff where uh yeah it's he he shoots kind of like desert really well that and so they yeah. Both, yeah they both have like this this kind of like eerie tension where it's it's beautiful to look mm. at, but at the yeah. same time, something's not, something's not right. Yeah. And you're always afraid something's going to happen. <laughs> There's like an upside down tree. You don't even notice. No, that's yeah. not right. All right. Uh, so chugging along, we're in our final two. Are you ready for this? Half, half of mine's not even going to be fun because you've already said it, but um, my number two is V for Vendetta. Uh, Ooh, I think... I think I picked up this one in like a $5 DVD box one time, and uh, I don't remember seeing it in theaters. It came out in 2005, uh, and I've recently found off, found off, what? Found off, yeah. Found out it is based off of a graphic novel. Uh, I've gotten into comics in the past year, and so um, that's, that's a movie I've always loved. And then being into comics, I see friends that are like, oh, this is a good one. I'm like, what? It was a, it was this first. Uh, I just really loved the like themes in it. Anything like with kind of like an anarchy and like the government's evil and I'm the guy who's going to throw it over. I've always enjoyed those stories. Uh, like you're a rebel. Because <laughs> I'm a rebel raiser. No, uh, 1984 was like my favorite book in high school. And it has, you know, very similar like, man, you know, wacky stuff's going on with the government. We'd better fix this. Something's not right. And uh, Natalie Portman becomes that um, average person in it that uh, partners up with this very mythological kind of superhero, just like a trained specimen uh in the character v um and that that like opening scene that like first five minutes where those guys like try to pick natalie portman apart and then he shows up and does his whole monologue of the v's is just really cool so i really enjoyed that movie and that was again 2006 uh the director was james mcteague did i say that right mm-hmm. i figured you would know you just like fire off names of people really good uh it's also got hugo weaving in it uh which like i don't think you ever see his face at all mm-hmm. but it, it is his voice it is him and he's the guy that plays that one elf in lord of the rings what is it elrond elrond yeah yeah so that's that's one of my my top ones it's one that i'm like oh man you need to check out this one this is a good movie no yeah i I remember seeing that in theaters and, and, and yeah, that's a really, it's a really great movie. And I think, um, yeah, there is something about those kind of like rebel against the government type mm. movies that, that in general is always exciting. Um, yeah. you know, I have no plans to try to <laughs> the government, but, yes, yes. but I, think, same, I same. think we do, you know, as a society, we, often just kind of go with the flow and hey these people are in power that's these are the laws they make and, and it's easy to kind of just fall in line and, and let things yeah. pass mm-hmm. um and and i mean and it is difficult to like how how much change can one person really do it can be a little bit overwhelming yeah. but it is a powerful film about how when people gather together mm-hmm. you know they can achieve uh, something yeah. bigger than themselves yes. and and I think especially towards the end when everyone's donning the the mask and and then and then they eventually you know blow up par- parliament mm-hmm. right there um it's such a it in a way it has a lot it's very similar to Batman 
in the mm. sense of yeah. it's not necessarily about the figure. It's mm-hmm. more about the just like the the idea, the idea, the idea of, of that person and what they mean. Yeah. Um. So yeah, it's a, that's a that's a great movie. So, something that's kind of interesting about um, V for Vendetta is that it's one of those movies that is, um, you know, it has a lot of one of those Hollywood mystery stories in the sense that uh, it had a really kind of like hard time getting made. Mm. And uh, V, the the guy who plays V was actually played by another actor. And then Hugo, because he's in a mask, Hugo Weaving does the voice. At one point, I think he does actually play the guy. But for the most part, it's just voiceover work that that he did. And then also, um, uh, the movie was produced by the Wachowski brothers who did mm-hmm. the the Matrix films, who mm-hmm. Hugo Weaving was yeah. was a part part of. Right. So, so it's one of those movies where, um, even though you can read the credits and they say one thing, no one no one knows exactly who directed or who did what in that movie. But in the end, sometimes sometimes those stories don't always have happy endings. But yeah. V for Vendetta is one of those movies where it, it came out. Whatever happened on set, it came out really really well on screen. Yeah, yeah. I, I the that I the the quote like it's really poetic. Like mm-hmm. a lot of the wording. I don't know if that came directly from the novel or from the writers of this. Uh, but like that like final scene, V says something along the lines of like behind this mask is more than flesh and blood it's an idea and ideas are bulletproof yeah yeah (laughs) i'm gonna put that on you just want to burn something afterwards yeah yeah right on you're number two uh it's actually my number one what you're on number one gosh okay whatever what is your number one sir okay so my number one may not be the greatest film of all time Boy. But it's a it's a movie that that has just always resonated with me, and I kid you not, I've seen it at least once a year, every year for as long as I've been alive, uh, and and that is uh, Steven Spielberg's Jurassic Park. Dude, I was thought you were gonna say E.T., but okay, yes, very good, very good. Jurassic Park. <laughs> uh, it's one of those movies where uh, I think it just it captured my imagination at such a young age mm-hmm. when, uh, when I first saw it. Cause I, I remember, I actually still remember to this day, uh, I, I lived in Bradford, Pennsylvania, and there was a movie theater that only had like one screen. Wow. And so, so people had to like, you had to like line up on the streets to see it. Wow. And, you know, I was only five years old at the time. So terrible parenting on my, my parents' <laughs> part, but they took me to go see see the movie and i remember just waiting in line you know for for what seemed like forever when you're when you're a kid and yeah. then going into the theater and like i remember just being wowed and amazed <laughs> my dad remembers me just crying the whole time <laughs> so i don't i don't know who's right but um i remember just just loving that movie we got it on vhs and i just yeah. That thing was just always in the VCR. You know, we've always had a, a pretty decent movie collection. Yes, but I was, have. I'd always just kind of look around and be like, "What am I going to watch today? Uh, I guess I'll watch Jurassic Park." <laughs> <laughs> it was just, it was just constantly on. Um, it was also the movie that just, in general, got me in love with filmmaking. I think, mm. you know, maybe a few years later, I, I, I saw like the behind the scenes of the movie, and and I was like, "Wow, they actually someone made this," and mm-hmm. and. This guy Steven Spielberg was there, like telling people where how to do things, and and then he told this amazing story. Um, and I mean, from you know, everybody always talks about the, the visual effects for that movie, yeah. and, and I have to say, over twenty years later, it, they still hold up. Yeah. Um, there's maybe really one or good. two shots that are a little like a little dated, but for yeah. the most part. Um, just the way Steven Spielberg used the visual effects and robotics, there was a mixture of the two. Yeah. Whereas nowadays, they probably would have done everything just straight CGI. Yeah. Um, he only chose to use CGI in, in key moments. 
uh, which work really, really well. Um, my favorite scene by far is the, the T-Rex attack at night in the rain. Yeah. Um, it is both scary and, and frightening. And, mm-hmm. and it's one of the things that Spielberg does really well is just constantly building up tension and building up the scene. Cause you know, first the power shuts off and it's yeah. dark and rainy. So that's, yeah. that's intense. That's not fun. Yeah. And then all of a sudden the goat is missing. Yeah. It's like, wow. And it's like question mark. What's up with that? <laughs> and, then, and then all of a sudden the T-Rex appears, it comes out. And, and, you know, it's one thing for the T-Rex just, he could have just had the T-Rex walk out and mm. just walk around and go away. And that would have been enough. Yeah. But then he starts like prodding the, the, the Jeep. And then all of a sudden, like he breaks the window. Oh my gosh, he's inside the car. And then he flips over the car yeah. and you're just sitting there like, what are they going to do? You know, it's, it's, it's insane. Um, you know, and what's also great about that scene is, uh, you know, Steven Spielberg's working with John Williams, who made one of the most beautiful and most iconic scores ever yeah. for Jurassic Park. But in that scene, there's no music. It's mm. just it's just the rain. It's yeah. just the crushing metal and 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 the sounds of, of the T-Rex attacking. <laughs> that was my T-Rex sound. Oh, beautiful. Beautifully done. Uh, it also has my favorite line in the movie and it's when the lawyer is just freaking out and he runs yeah. to the bathroom and then Jeff Goldblum goes when you gotta go you gotta go and <laughs> it's it's a line that I found myself just sneaking into everyday life whenever I can um you know and of course the cast Sam Neill Laura Dern Jeff Goldblum mm. uh Richard Ottenborough like this whole idea of you know creating something uh and making it come to life yeah. uh, there's 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 a lot of great spectacle in the movie mm-hmm. but then there's also a lot of great heart and i think of the scene uh with um john hammond and ellie sattler when they're sitting in the in the cafeteria by themselves at night yeah and he's just talking about you know his dream and his hope for what this what Jurassic park was supposed to be and you know, there's that, there's that, uh, you know, childlike wonder, but then, you know, something that Jurassic Park does that none of the other sequels, unfortunately, ever kind of dealt with was the, the notion of, you know, scientific responsibility. Mm. Um, you know, there's the, there's another great line, um, from Ian Malcolm, Jeff Goldblum's character, where he, he says, you know, you guys were so preoccupied of whether or not you could, you never once stopped to think if you should. Yeah. And and I think that um, speaks volumes to not only science, but just so much stuff in, in general. I think people are, um, people are always preoccupied with wanting to maybe do things that whether it's for selfish gain or, or whatever, but they never think of like the ramifications. It might sound good on paper, but yeah. sometimes people don't really think of things through. Yeah. And and then what responsibilities do those scientists have? Like, yes, they just created this amazing miracle, yeah. but at what what cost? And and even you know what what rights do even those dinosaurs have now because they didn't ask to to be there? So yeah. it's. You know, it's a, it's a summer popcorn fun movie. It's yeah. it's it's a great movie to just put on and 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 watch. But you know, especially for 1993, it it does still have uh, some realism to it. And, yeah. and and one more thing, kind of going back to the other stuff I was talking about earlier, was that you know Sam Neill, uh, Dr. Grant, Ellie Sattler, they're just everyday people. Yeah. Um, they were just scientists who just thought that they were going to spend the weekend at this one place. Yeah. And then they kind of turn into, you know, unwillingly like these action heroes mm-hmm. and uh, put themselves in, in, you know, these really intense situations. There's, there's the scene where Ellie Sattler has to turn the power back on and it's just so intense because you know that they're, yeah, <laughs> you know, that they, you, you know, Spielberg's cutting between, um, 
Dr. Grant and the kids climbing over the fence and yeah. her about to turn the fence on and you're like, yeah. <laughs> you're just sitting there like, get off, get off. Yeah. And, and then, and then the ending, the ending sequence with them on the bones, uh, for whatever reason, it's one of my, it's one of mm. my favorite action pieces of, of all time. Uh, it's just because I don't know, it was just, it was such a, it was such an interesting way to end the movie instead of, instead of, you know, some big fight with multiple dinosaurs or, or them just running away. Mm-hmm. There's like this complex, you know, they have to turn the power back on, but then the Raptors show up and then they have to hide yeah. in the vents and then they, yeah. they end up on the bones. It's a, it's such a great movie. And, and, and the T-Rex, instead of just being a monster, he ends up saving the day at the end. And it's such mm-hmm. a, it's such a fun movie. And yeah, yeah. I've watched it so many times. Dude, I love that one. That's a good one. My wife loves that one too. And she read the book or is reading the book. I don't remember. But yeah, she's she's all about it too. When we went to uh, Universal Studios back in uh, October, we were bummed because the Jurassic Park section and the ride and stuff was all closed oh, because really? they're making it Jurassic World, I think, this summer. Um, so it, it like, it, it had the big archway. We got to walk through that. We walked through the shop and we got her like a Jurassic park blanket, but yeah, it's, it's converting. So, but yeah, that is a, that is a great one. And, uh, this is going to be a very anticlimactic ending because my number one was your number three, I think inception. I put it down as number one. That was hey, it. that's so, it's so great. No, it's still it's still great. Well, what what was it about? What is it that resonates with you? Uh, similar to Interstellar, uh, the like complexity that still made you feel like you knew what was going on. Um, like you were saying, that that action sequence where you got the three, four, three level dream going on. Even with each one, you you understand they're trying to keep you know, this person asleep, this one, they're trying to keep that person asleep. And this one, they're trying to keep that person asleep to keep themselves there. So there, there is that like slight tension. Cause then you got all those people coming in to attack and you know, as they're coming in, uh Oh, that, that means they're starting to wake up. If we get killed, if they get killed, ah, we're going to get sunk back up. And like, everything's got to happen in the right, uh, chain of events in order to get them there um so i just really loved that and the tension of the end too like did it happen did he do it did we get the conclusion we wanted um so yeah that that was it uh Uh, did you did you look at your dreams differently after that dude i honestly can't even tell when i'm dreaming and i don't think that i did Mm mm-hmm I remember, I remember, like, I would try to remember my dream, but I'm yeah. like, dang it, I don't remember. Like, <laughs> I was like, Am I, I awake? I, I, think I, I think I jokingly carried around a totem for a little bit. Then <laughs> I was like, this is it. You can't touch it, uh, but it's gone. So, so I don't know. I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm probably, probably asleep right now. Yeah, yep, you're sleeping. You'll wake up soon. It'll be great. Dude, Dude I, I hope, hope so. so. Well, very good. Thank you, Jonathan Rios. You, uh are very proven to be a good co-host on topics such as these. Um, It was really, really great to hear your list. I wrote down, I think I've seen, uh, name your top five again. So my top five was Thor Ragnarok, Inception, The Social Network, Sicario, and Jurassic Park. Good news, I've seen all of those. Um, Mine were Interstellar, Hook, the Departed, V for Vendetta, and Inception. Um, so we have some crossover in our Christopher Nolan and in our Martin Scorsese. Wait, did you have a Scorsese? You didn't, huh? I didn't have one, no. But you had two from Jeff Goldblum, so. I did, yeah. Yeah, and, and Sam Neill, coincidentally, Sam Neill is in, he has a small cameo in Thor Ragnarok. So it's a Jurassic Park reunion in uh, in Thor Ragnarok what is he he's you know in it's in the opening of the movie when there's that play happening yes he's in that scene with matt damon yes okay all right i love it that's funny thank you again sir and we will do this again would you be down to do this again awesome and uh 
I know you said you're not much for the social network life, but if people did want to find you, where could they find you? Yep, Jonathan underscore Rios. That is you. Oh, I'm not following you yet. I'm kidding. Of course I am. Uh, it's not loading. Wi-Fi. One second. Three, two, one, zero. There it is. Let's get him to a thousand followers, guys. Get him to a thousand followers. Boom, boom, boom. You're almost there. You're eight people away. Family movies, fitness, dogs. You're not lying. Yeah, that's it. Uh, now it's going to cut to me doing the sign-off. Hey, guys. Thanks for checking in to another episode of the Anthony K. Goodwin Pop Podcast. As always, you can find me on Instagram and Twitter, at Anthony K. Goodwin. Uh, for whatever reason you think that this is fun and entertaining, you can contribute to its continual happening. Patreon dot com slash anthony k goodwin and uh follow jonathan rios on instagram at jonathan rios what are your favorite movies what is that movie that you've watched so many times that the grooves are gone that's not how movies work anymore really but uh what's that movie that you keep hitting play on or keep sharing with friends and keep telling them to watch because it's good uh that's it we'll see you guys next time peace out